Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Quarantine Podcast. This is another fantastic episode for you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about some Star Trek, and we're not just going to be talking about it. We're going to be watching some Star Trek. Yes, indeed. This is another Netflix watch party. This is the type of episode where we gather around our computer screens. Of course, six six feet apart, everyone, please. And uh, we uh, watch something of interest on Netflix. And tonight, it will be Star Trek The Next Generation. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Before we get into it, of course, introductions are in order. If you are new, my name is Ben. And joining me, as he has for many, 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 many episodes, is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. How's it going, man? Yeah, you missed like two or three minis I know, I'm sorry. We're short on time tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. We're we're running a little bit behind, and we got some cool stuff to talk about. A full disclaimer, though, we're not doing any Borg episodes this week, because that's just too intensive, and... There's more to Star Trek The Next Generation than just the Borg. So uh, if you're if you're here for the Borg episodes, maybe we'll do that on a YouTube episode or something like that. But tonight's going to be a couple of different things to kind of get people acclimated or reacclimated to the show. Honestly, it's been a little while since I've seen it. Jake, I know you said off air that you haven't seen a whole lot of it. Ben, you've never seen any of it. This will be right? my first episode ever tonight. Yeah, so this is this should be really really fun. And speaking of Jake, how are you doing, man? I'm doing a okay, man. I have 
Uh, well, I'm excited about tonight, first of all, because I think I've only seen like three maybe episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. I have seen uh, about one and a quarter seasons of the original series and i need to keep going with that and once i'm done with that i would like to continue on with the next generation but for now i'm excited to get a little taste and refresher as to what kind of show this is compared to the original series well i mean i'll tell you there are some similarities as far as you know the whole starfleet thing the the crew functioning almost like a family um, the attachment that you get to certain characters and the, and their relatability, the circular uh, storytelling, not necessarily circular in the sense that um, you, you feel like you're going in circles, but it, it, the idea that a crisis occurs and it usually ends up getting resolved by the end of the episode, which is a very 1960s track trope. And uh, part of the reason of that is because Gene Roddenberry had such a very heavy hand in what went on with The Next Generation, Mm -hmm. just as he did with the original series. When you get to shows like Deep Space Nine and Voyager, Roddenberry wasn't as influential in the storytelling, and it kind of shows. But the, the full circle nature where you have everything going fine at the beginning of the episode, something comes up during the episode, and then it gets resolved by the end of the episode... It's a very Roddenberry, happily ever after-esque type of storytelling. And yet the acting and the writing helps bring out the best in those 45 minutes or what have you. And so um, we picked an episode that uh, is actually integral to some of the storytelling that goes on in season one of Star Trek Picard. And we also picked one that just gives people a really good idea of certain characteristics of different main characters in the show. Obviously, Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard is a crucial part of all of this, but you've got Jonathan Frakes as Will Riker. You've mm-hmm. got Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy. You've got Michael Dorn as Worf, Brent Spiner as Data. We've got to try and highlight this ensemble cast as best we can. And so uh, we tried to pick a couple of episodes that give us that and so much more to potentially enjoy over the next mm, hour and a half to two hours. We'll see how long this takes. Hopefully it doesn't take much longer than that. We'll go as long as we need to. And, uh, okay, really quick, something that I I realize we we need to address because something started last week about this time. Uh, This is true. And, yes, this is is Star Wars related. We're crossing streams here. But this is what we do on IPC. We cross the streams. We love everything. So we're doing this. There's there's no no holes barred. So the Clone Wars is back, as we all know. Um, we're in the With a middle vengeance. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> and uh, we are in the Gosh. middle of the siege of Mandalore right now. We're two episodes into the four episode finale series yeah, finale. We can't I must say. spoil it this week because somebody hasn't watched the episode. <laughs> you know I'll who you are. Slide. I'll let it slide if you want to talk about it. But yeah, I have not seen it. <laughs> nah, we're not going to spoil it for you. Besides, we're doing a spoiler filled episode in a couple of weeks once all four episodes are out. Mm-hmm. We just got so excited about what we saw last week that we had to spoil it. And yeah, so... it was. It was. There wasn't as many surprises this week because like everyone knew from last week that it was going to be epic, whereas last week we were like just blindsided by the fact that, holy crap, yeah. like this is even more amazing than we actually thought. Um, but because of our shock to how brilliantly amazing the Siege of Mandalore was, a lot of people were talking about, hey, this belongs in a movie theater. This 
this belongs on the big screen. Like, this is huge. This is massive. This looks as great and as grand as any animated movie you've ever seen in a theater. And so, of course, we were talking about it last week, and I had tweeted out some things, and I mentioned that last week, that I had put it on the table that, hey, this needs to be a movie. Edit it together. Put it in theaters. As soon as the virus is over, let's do this. Let's make this happen. And so I had the crazy idea of why don't I just try and see how many people actually agree with me. <laughs> and so it's for the a first, lot for a, for the first Turns time out. for the first time in my life, I made a transition from the person that goes, "Oh, look at that dumb person making a petition. That'll never work." To, "Hey, I'm gonna make a petition. Maybe this will work." Huge change in my life. So. I started the petition, as you guys heard last week, release the Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore in theaters as a movie. This is on change.org. Change.org slash Siege of Mandalore is the URL if you want to go find this yourself. And uh, so last week it got like a hundred something followers like overnight. Wow. And then it just grew from there. And now we are sitting on currently... 1,384. What? Only 116 shy of 1,500. Wow. So, uh, it's, it's gotten some, it's gotten some press. Uh, you know, a comic book movie, comicbook.com, I believe, I get them confused, picked it up. The German version of IGN picked it up. (laughs) Um, and there's another site, I forget their names, but like, crazy. Crazy and a lot of support things, and a lot of people also going. You're this is never gonna work, and I'm like, yes, I know. Petitions usually don't work, but <laughs> I'm the crazy person now. I'm that guy. So, whatever. Um, we're all behind this, and it started right here at IPC. So yeah, remember that when uh, you're watching the Siege of Mandalore in theaters next year. Heck yeah! Well, that shows you. There's like there's fi- at least fifteen hundred people that would go out and watch this in movie theaters, and I'm sure there's many, many, many more. And I hope they all get to see this petition, and I hope they sign it. And I signed it. I I shared it. So hopefully, I got a few people to sign. And uh, I I don't know, man. I really hope this happens. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and and that I hope if nothing else. I hope this gets a bunch of signatures, and I hope it just the people that make the show see it and realize, hey, we're loved. We people like what we're doing enough that they want to see it. They would pay extra money because every person that signed this thing would absolutely pay more money to see something they've already seen on Disney Plus and can see on Disney Plus on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I would see it twice, maybe five times. Like easy, easy. So well, I mean, the, the idea of putting it all together, you know, the cohesive nature of not having to hit the back button or the next button or go through any kind of introduction. You know, we didn't even get like a Admiral Ularan voiceover in this episode. I know that's a mild spoiler, but I mean, like, yeah, very weird opening. Just it went straight it, into it. It was, it was very jarring. But I mean, I, it, the the way things went, it seems like it's being edited and stitched in such a way that you could blend it all together into a movie format. Just take out the opening title cards and, you know, put the, put the music into a more cohesive element and you just go bam, 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 one into the next. 
And if if that same idea flows true from episode two into three, it would not surprise me to actually see this in some format as a feature length film. I, I I would see it potentially as like a digital download that costs extra on Amazon or something like that to mm-hmm. watch it or rent it, you know, from your home. But it could potentially end up into something being in the theaters. And if that be the case, you can bet your ass I'm sitting down and watching that in the on the big screen. I think mm-hmm. at the very least we'll see a Disney Plus release as a, you know, hour and 20-minute movie. I that think, would be I cool. Think, I think that's where we're going to get. And it could be. It could be something along the lines of a direct-to-video thing. could be something that released on streaming, on whatever. Um, just anything. Just put it all together in one movie so you can watch it because – I wish they would do that with a lot of arcs. I think the Embar arc would be amazing as a movie. Embar arc would There's be There's so many arcs that are like they're I think certain arcs don't play as well like week to week and like I think the Ahsoka arc that we just got, I think that would play much better as just stitched together as a movie because you're not sitting there going like once we, once a week you're sitting down for 22 minutes and going, I want to get something out of this and then the episode doesn't go as far as you want it to and then people end up disappointed. Whereas if you're just sitting down once and you get the full story, then it's okay. So I, that's what I'm hoping for. At the, at the very least, put this thing together, stitch it together. I think they're doing that. I think if you if you watch both these episodes that we first got, they could be easily smushed together. Someone probably already has on YouTube or something. Like it's it'd be super easy. Yep. So there you go. There's our Star Wars talk, and now we get into some Star Trek. Yeah, boy. So how how this is going to work is we're using a little thing called Netflix Party. You can find it at uh, netflixparty.com. If you're listening live, of course, you can use the uh, little uh, Netflix Party. um, It's it's a Netflix link. It should work to take you over to our little party room where you can actually watch it with us right now. If you're listening in the future, um, you can just queue up the episode the first episode that we're going to be watching tonight is uh, Season 2, Episode 9, Measure of a Man. So uh, if you would like to go ahead and grab that episode, queue up your Netflix, or even if you have a DVD or whatever, um, go ahead and do that. Get it ready, and then uh, we'll we'll count down and we'll start as normal, and then we're kind of all queued up ourselves. And I'm ready, if you guys are ready. Oh, I'm ready for ready. So I'll here's warm. the thing. Here's the thing. When you hear Engage... Oh, God. This is where we'll start, all right? So I'm going to count it down. Here goes nothing to use a Star Wars reference watching Star Trek. Um, uh, Yeah, so we will go in three, two, one, engage. Captain's Log, star date 42523.7. Yeah, mine didn't do that. No, mine didn't either. Really? Oh, now I've got it. Is it working? And I, and I see the and I see the chat. Did, are they sitting down for poker? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing for me. Oh, there we go. Did Data just sit down? Yes. Okay, so uh, it's a fundamental truth. Nothing five, wild. Five card stud. Nothing wild. Annie up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think we're in sync. Okay. Two cards. It just took a second for my computer to realize. We're still learning this, guys, so uh, it works. We just, just, just a thing. But, What's uh, interesting? I did not realize. 
mild spoiler, poker is involved in the next episode as well. Three seasons later. Oh my gosh. It, I like it, I like Data's visor. Yeah, he tries. He tries so hard to be like everyone else. Well, but notice nobody else has a visor. That's true. Well, he's the dealer though. He's got to have the visor. I feel like somewhere in his data banks, no pun intended, he he just has like a Wikipedia picture of a, a poker dealer, and he's like, "This is what I need to wear." <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, those are really there's they they didn't change the poker cards after many hundreds of years. Two hundred years, something like that. What is it? What what year is it supposed to be? I forget. Come on, Ben. It's star date two five seven two o two. Oh, so we're like we're we're talking five hundred years in the future. Okay. <laughs> no, no, the star dates are different from the actual year date, but I forget what the what the crossover is. Give me a second. I don't actually know how to play poker, so none of this is making sense to me. But it looks like. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, there's, there's always, you always have to give credit to the filmmakers when they can make it engaging for someone like me, who has mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. Because they'll like show the cars, like, oh, they'll sit down and they'll all be, you know, they'll, people are, you're basing on on their reactions because like I don't know what that means. Like he had a he yeah. had a seven and a five. I don't, <laughs> they called it a roll of flush or something. I don't know. Data is learning how to bluff instinct yeah i have no idea what that terminology is so five, how much how much five do you card want to... high low with a buy on the on the last card uh if you've got a jack in your left hand it means you've got a queen in your right i don't know what this means how, so data just learned the concept of bluffing how much do you want to bet that's going to come up later in the episode Oh, I, I don't know. And, and Data's going to be like, it's called a bluff. Spoilers. This is a really nice ship. They've mm-hmm. got like a sunken living room in this thing. Like this. Well, is this cool. is, I think they're on a space station because oh. that's, the, that's the Enterprise hovering over him. Oh, oh I thought the I Enterprise see. was flying. I thought, I didn't, didn't realize. <laughs> it's like floating in front of the window like, Ben, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really nice ship. Wait, that's the ship out there. <laughs> that's not the ship. That's a ship. So we're 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 going into the into the Q Q stuff now, right? The intro. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm just so we just flew away from Earth. Now there's Venus or one of the Earth. There, there's that's Saturn, Jupiter, Saturn. Yeah, I'm like a second or two behind you. I feel like. I think the Space. Netflix party are not wide. They're just a couple seconds off, probably. Voyages of the Starship. I love these intros. This is like the, one of the best intros of all of TV. Yeah, it's pretty good. This part I do remember. Must have been interesting to be a, like a classic Star Trek fan and to see this and be like, wow, they really, uh, graphics have come a long way. Did they, I wonder if they, I assume this was a model for a lot of this. Oh, yeah. Like CG was very primitive this this era. Yeah. Jonathan Frake says Commander William Riker. Well, we get to see one of Riker's famous sitting down things where he I jumps over the chair. 
Guys, been literally everything. Will Wheaton! He's in this. Yep. The measure of a man. No? That yeah. looks like a model to me. Yeah, it's very, very detailed. Looks looks really good. I like how the I like how when it goes to warp, it's like they, they they just stretch it like they yeah. they they move the front end forward a little faster than the back end, so it's like ruined. So it's, it's like a, it's like like a rubber, rubber band. band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> engage wow. rubber band drive. <laughs> it's effective. Being out on a frontier sounds like premise for Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's one thing I like about Star Trek is that it's about people. It's like people talking and figuring things out and like these okay. conversations. It's not all fighting and action scenes. It's conversations. Yes, it's about morality. This whole episode is about talking, so get used to it. I love it. Well, I mean, and that's and that's TV. Like, I know we're this I should say this era of TV. And and you could say that for any time. Like any any TV show needs that like you know i've been watching through discovery recently like there's there's a lot of action it's definitely closer to like the jj abrams movies in regards to like pacing and you know action and special effects stuff like that but like you still need a lot of talking because there's only so much budget and there's you know there's only so much stuff and this is the whole thing and that's where star trek thrives is that that's where star trek is Star Trek thrives on TV is because mm -hmm. it's a lot of talking and it's a lot of very philosophical. It's very introspective, and that's yep. why it's awesome. Louvois and Picard, very French names. Mm-hmm. According to Stephen, this is set around the year twenty-three sixty-five. Twenty-three. Oh. Okay. So only three hundred three hundred years to warp. Okay. All right. All right, I I I need to uh, figure out figure out how to live that long. Okay, it's actually less than that because this is probably like 125 years after uh, Archer's Enterprise. Oh. So if you if you watch the movie First Contact, that is when the first warp jump happens, and I I forget what year that was in. Give me a second. My Trek trivia has kind of gone out the window. So Roddenberry, I mean, wasn't really interested in like far future. Like his his vision was like you know. Couple kind hundred of years, we'll, we'll be in space. Uh, 2063. Okay. 2063 was when the first light speed jump was supposed to happen. Wow. And then this is the this is the result of 200 years of starship evolution. And then, okay, so how how many years between? I know I'm asking all these questions because I'm I'm a Star Trek noob. Um, how many years between Picard and Kirk? Kirk. Not a it lot because there's be actually, there's actually some crossovers. Yeah, like uh, like uh, what's that one called? Scotty is in one of these episodes. Yeah, and I also saw I I'm just just you know seeing eclipses like that. I know like Spock shows up at some point. Isn't there something called the Nexus, where uh, Picard meets meets up with Kirk? That's a movie, but yes, a movie. Oh, okay, that's the I that I have seen that I have seen. It's okay, did you guys generation. just catch what he said here? Do you have the closed captioning on? Yeah, I, I do. do, yeah. He said that he's about to disassemble Commander Data. Oh, my. Oh, them's fighting words. And and he's using the pronoun it, not he. Oh, we got a 
space robot racist. It reminds me of a scene from uh, Picard, uh, one of the previews for Picard, where they open the drawer and there's just pieces of data in there. Uh, spoiler alert, that's actually not data. Or, <laughs> sorry, meeting. Or a data. An android. There's more Interestingly, than one. In, in Picard, they call them synthetics. Yeah, that makes sense. A full diagnostic. There's something like that in the Fallout it's, games. There's like humans it's, that. It's they keep. He, this guy keeps saying. Oh it. yeah. I mean, but I mean, this is this is absolutely reality. Like, this is there would be someone going like, you know, that's a, not a real person, right? Like, you know, it's it 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 is not, you know. It, but like we're so accustomed to like you know anything like this happen you know it's, it's not a thing it's 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 he's a real person <laughs> you know he's cognizant he knows who he is like and that's well, basically the whole hey, point of this episode that's what the whole episode is is mm. does data constitute a living being based on his consciousness and awareness of the world around him the measure of a synthetic measure of a man you dip. Uh, can't say that on this show oops hey i censored myself you don't have to believe anything yeah i appreciate that i appreciate that i'm gonna add the word in and post hey he's gonna add it into his own recording that would yeah. be interesting i would actually be impressed we can call it the the dick cut so picard here just tried to pull the captain's rank and the guy just gave data transfer orders <laughs> so Picard has no jurisdiction in the matter now. So this guy what's this guy's rank? What is where is he coming from? Well, okay, so if you look at the pips on the collar that shows the different ranks, if he's got 3 pips that makes him a commander. But uh -huh. because he's got he's got transfer orders from people that rank higher than Picard, the orders that he's got outrank Picard's status. Okay. 4 pips makes you a Picard. Now, when he's got something like what Data's got, Data's got two solid pips and then one that's kind of a black pip. That is actually the rank of Lieutenant Commander. So it's kind of like right in between Lieutenant and Commander, but when you're addressing him, you still end up addressing him as Commander. Mm. So he's not like the first officer type of Commander, but he's still a higher ranking officer. Mm. He's pretty high up on this ship. I will not submit. I think he's third officer. He, it, it goes Picard, Riker, and then Data. I want that painting. Dude, cool same. Like, it's, probably, it's, it's probably in Patrick Stewart's house right now. I want yeah. to model my living room after the captain's ready room. Like, mm. not even kidding. Screw my hat wall with over 100 hats on it. I want that painting above a very uncomfortable looking couch. <laughs> Props to Brent Spiner. Like, mm -hmm. for... Doing the job that he does, but also doing it. He think about it. His every day, like he, how many years does this show go on? His day consists of getting all this makeup, you know, contacts. getting his hair a certain way. These weird contacts are probably not comfortable to wear, and doing this, and then trying to portray someone that is not human. That is just that that is 
that is literally a robot that is trying to be human, that is mm-hmm. trying to be, but and and is like ultimately, Picard sees that. You know, Picard understands that. You know that this is the this is the measure of a man, as they say. This is this is why this is important because you know he's 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 not just a robot. Yeah. Nice doors. Uh oh. Weird, awkward flirtationship that never evolves into anything. Yeah, there's a the little story, bit of sexual tension going story on. Story of Picard's life. Earlier, she was like, "Or a damn sexy man," and she just like looks straight at him, and he's like, "Um, why is this happening?" Well, I mean, the man exudes raw sexual magnetism. Oh yeah, but. He never acts on it, like almost ever. Because he's a professional. You look at that head; it's got its own gravity system. Like, come on, <laughs> hey. <laughs> he has rights. I hope you have that much passion in the bed. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, had to make it weird. <laughs> You could sleep with me. Oh, inside. <laughs> okay. Nope. I did not get to this position by sleeping around. I got to this position by missionary. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of positions. Nine out of ten. That's kind of what teenagers are doing right now. Like, nine out of ten, would bang. (laughs) (laughs) The dialogue in this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, if we just weren't making sexual innuendos every two minutes, we'd actually (laughs) get a good writing. Sorry, writers, that were ruining your amazing work. Oh, what is this? Please, 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 please. Oh, Execute Order 66. No, that's an old friend of his that died in Season 1. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh. Does Data have the cat at this point? I think so. Maybe not. This is, like, s- still pretty early in the series. This is, like, Season 2, so maybe he doesn't have Spot yet. Now, that's a cool feature. Why don't we have drawers in our walls? Why is that not a thing? I don't mm-hmm. know, man. Wow, he's got, like, Medals of Commendation... Look at this. This this dude is a robot and he's got personal effects. He's got medals. He's got holographic pictures. He's Keep got calling books. him an it. I, I dare you. <laughs> oh, there's the a-hole. I'm pretty sure this guy's name is Bruce Maddox. That sounds and, familiar. And Bruce Maddox actually shows up in Picard. Interesting. Really? Data just completely changes the subject. It's an interesting question. It's like, do robots get privacy? Right? It's like, do you do you not know how to knock? Like, it's a very polite way of saying, did, couldn't you knock first? Mm-hmm. 
I like the whole dynamic of like, you know, how data talks is not that different from like Spock. Like yeah, Spock right. is is very logical, very robotic. You know, he's yeah. information. And I I think I've even heard like interviews with like the well, creators I mean... that talk about how like there's so like they changed the dynamic in this show because it was you know it was actually it was the next generation trying to take off from the original series and data was there's a little bit of spock well, in there there's a little bit of mccoy you, in there if you think about it every star trek series has somebody learning about humanity from a different point of view right. in the original series it's spock in the next generation it's data in deep space nine it's a shapeshifter by the name of odo in voyager it's seven of nine in Enterprise, it's another Vulcan named T'Pol. Uh, basically, every one of these series has somebody that's trying to better themselves and better understand humanity. Mm-hmm. Oh, he chose the resignation. I'm a dream come true, bitch. You can't control me. <laughs> You're right, Stephen. Voyager also has the holographic doctor. But I think that's also just learning about life in general. I think Seven learns how to be human. The doctor learns what it means to be alive. Wow, that was deep. Dude, I freaking love Star Trek, okay? As much as I love Star Wars, there's a lot of depth to Star Trek that is very underrated sometimes. Mm-hmm. Seeking a legal remedy for his woes. So well written, my God. Mm-hmm. It. It is not. It. 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 What does that mean? So this guy is the guy calling him an it and Picard refuses to or does he call him an it? No, as well? like he he literally just said he is a valued member of my Yeah. Family. Okay. Yeah. So he's he sees the value in data, maybe a little bit of humanity. The fact that okay. the fact that there is even a discussion about him not it resigning should give you a clue that like you know he's he's a functioning he's a member of the crew like mm-hmm. he's not an it it's a he right if he were an it he'd be like built into the ship but he's functioning he's independent he's got his own quarters he lives that that's the thing he lives he, he's 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 serving mm-hmm. um like you said he's not plugged into the ship it's also an interesting question if you think about it It, data runs on you know electric uh, electricity and you know whatever runs him and what what is a human besides electric dude stop getting ahead of us oh am i thinking like the writers interesting Philippa, mm. like Giorgio, 
Yeah, I wonder if there's any relation. Well, obviously not. This woman's white with blue eyes. Well, a few few hundred years could make a difference, but I guess. what I wonder is if she was named after Giorgio. Maybe. Okay, so what's the deal with Wesley Crusher? Why does everybody hate him? Cause I don't know, a, but... A <laughs> That's amazing. My grandma does that every anytime we open up a present, she's like, I'll save the wrapping paper and then everybody looks at data and he's just like fine, I'll rip it in half. <laughs> These two guys are really good friends. Read me a story, Mr. LaForge. Yeah, that's what I think of every time. In fact, my first introduction to Star Trek, period, was me watching Reading Rainbow one day, and um, he explained how he was a part of another TV show called Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, that that's that's a big moment as a kid. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you watch Reading Rainbow like, wait! Yeah. LeVar like, Burton was in Star Trek? Just remember that visor. Fun fact: never watched Reading Rainbow as a kid. Ooh. Really, really. Your your childhood must have sucked then. Yeah, you your, told your childhood. Me to. Childhood isn't valid then. That's what everybody will tell you. Oh, we didn't see Riker sit down. Damn it! <laughs> he was already sitting down. <sighs> Get up, Riker, and sit back down. Convene your hearing. He's got the he's got all the comebacks this this episode. Mm-hmm. He's the expert of saying something and walking out the door. Yeah, he's a very uh, passionate person. Okay, so Wesley is considered a Gary Stew, <laughs> which you never hear. You never hear the thing Gary Stew. It's always. He marries you. Oh, dear. I forgot about this. Hmm. I like this record guy. You tell him. Oh. I want that on a shirt. Data is a toaster. Yeah, come it. I forgot about this lady. The sass. <laughs> oh. Just make sure you do yours. You know, it's funny that, like, everybody wearing a red shirt in the original series is made fun of because they're always the ones that die. Now that's, like, the important characters wearing the red shirts. They yeah. had to consider that making this series. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, feel, I feel like that was on purpose, yeah. Yeah. That was just to... Cause I don't think it was ever intentional. It's just, you know, the, the, the random 
you know, century dudes were always wearing red shirts, and they always died. Yeah. So probably Roddenberry was like, nah, I gotta subvert this. I always thought it was a cool idea to have the different colors for the uniforms. It's very iconic. And so, it's just, you know, costume design. It's just, in general, <laughs> just great. Mm-hmm. I can only hope that Commander Maddox is more capable than he appears. <laughs> hope he's not as stupid as he looks. <laughs> <laughs> So why are they putting data through the ringer? Like Maddox wants to do experiments on him. Picard believes that he has rights as a living being to not have to go through to that. not have to undergo such inhumane experiments. Yeah. The guy, the guy in the blue shirt, Maddox believes that he's not any kind of, of human or living thing and therefore can be experimented on without consequence. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. He values him only as a science experiment, basically. Mm. Basically, and he wants to do those experiments in order to replicate more datas. He wants exactly. more androids throughout Starfleet, one that can serve on basically every ship. So but does it, that come into play later in, in Picard? Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. And, he, I mean, he, and... continues, he continues that research even without data. And finds a way to create synthetic life but it's not like data huh. and you know and that's exactly what you know people like that do like you can create more datas you then you have a crew full of people that don't have rights so you can do whatever you want with them oh wow. oh This is this is such. These are these are such poignant scenes. It's funny. This is like the one episode that I've heard a lot about, mm-hmm. and I've seen like scenes from. So this is it's very fitting. It's my first episode ever. Oh, she's the judge. Oh, this is gonna be fair. Yeah. But listen to all the accolades that he's getting. Like, Picard asked for all of those to be read. <laughs> he just looked up Westbridge Webster's Dictionary. Is that a what, that name Noonien Sung? Um, Khan's full name is Khan Noonien Singh. Yeah, I was curious about that too. Is that just a? I don't know. It's like very, very similar. Sixty trillion. That's what data is made out of. 
No, just watch. Parasteel. I feel like there's a thing in Star Wars, too. Durasteel is Star Wars. Parasteel is Star Trek. Why can't you agree? Because we've got to see the bendy stick. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How about I bend this around your head? Almost looks made out of styrofoam. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up, Jacob. <laughs> They're performing experiments on him in the courtroom. It doesn't matter. Data How about asking will... Data what he wants? <laughs> yeah. Data will officially be a Skywalker at this point. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. Watch what happens. He looked up, <laughs> he looked up Data's schematic so that he could do just this. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that is very creepy. Just a little bit. It's a really good prop, if that's a prop. That's really cool looking, yeah. No, they actually took Brent Spiner's arm off. They cut it <laughs> off and painted it. I'm a they, method actor. They sewed it back together at the end of the take. <laughs> yeah, if this was Daniel Day-Lewis, he would have been like, all right, we're amputating my arm. I gave him an Oscar for this. <laughs> Oh, Vulcan death grip. No, he found Data's off switch. <laughs> he C-3PO'd him. A co-worker and a friend looked up his personal schematics in order to find the android's kill switch. And look at that smirk from that son of a bitch. <laughs> So Riker is basically being forced to do this. Yes, but he's doing a damn good job of it. Like, if he's got Picard rattled, holy damn. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That is a cool room. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she's coming back in Picard, too, I heard. Uh, yep, she's going to be in season two. I've got this idea for a TV show called The View. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's a great idea. Me and five other people sit around a table and scream at each other for an hour. So, who is Whoopi? What is what's what's her character? What she do? Bartender, basically. Really? Yeah. <laughs> This is this is I've, like a this is like this is like a, a futuristic bar slash diner place where people gather for meals and drinks. But, I was gonna yeah. jokingly say, "Oh, she's the bartender." No, she's literally the bartender. No, she is. Yeah. So is she part of Starfleet or is she just like she's somebody... a she's a civilian worker? Wow, that's cool. But a very sage friend and confidant of Picard. They have several heart to hearts like this over the course of the series. That's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you need a good bartender. It's basically Space Cheers right now. <laughs> <laughs> of 
course, everybody really does know his name because everybody loves Captain Picard. Mm-hmm. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. John Ratzenberger watching the door. Oops, wrong, wrong set. <laughs> How you doing, Norm? Data's hand comes crawling in the door. Oh God! Don't do that to me. <laughs> it's like it's like thing on the Adams family just running around the ship. As fun and exciting as the J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Treks are, I really wish they had more conversations like that. Yeah, J.J. definitely needs to learn to like slow down a bit and like have mm-hmm. have 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 like you can JJ please you can have characters like have like a conversation more than a minute long in your movies you yeah. do realize that right man <laughs> <laughs> yeah because if you watch his movies it's like no it's just never you never stop for any second <laughs> are you getting what Picard's argument is here though are they property yeah He's saying, we do not deny that data was created by man, but man is also created by man since we share our parents' DNA. Wow. Drop that mic, Picard! Oh, he's about to drop it. Dude, just watch. This this type of of courtroom scene is on par with, like, proving Santa Claus on Miracle on 34th Street. the cool little man purse he's got there android purse sorry oh see data has sentiment oh oh the hologram it all comes back to this help me obi-wan kenobi Oh. Ooh. Intimate. Ooh. She's like, like, oh, say what? See that word coming. <laughs> look, look at that. <laughs> they did it. <laughs> Androids get it on. Androids have sex? I never. A hostile witness. Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> look at look at look at the the shoulders. Like, oh, you cannot defeat me. The Daystrom Institute.
it's always the just the best, most condescending like question. Would you please enlighten us? This is well, but he's he's going somewhere. I love this asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Why? What makes me sentient? It's a trap. Again with the it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Say it again. I dare you. I double don't hate you. The right to choose. My rights. My status. You're stuck now, boy. Your own definitions are being yes. tossed back in your face. You stepped in it this time. Yep. Yeah, I keep calling him him. Yeah, yeah, Picard keeps using him, Maddox keeps using it. Just the the confidence draining away from him is so satisfying. Isn't mm-hmm. it, though? Like, Picard's grilling him with all the right stuff. Oh. Does anyone answer the damn question? Oh, he leaves it up to the judge. It's a great point mm-hmm. that it's it's not just about the Stop. personal the personal rights of data. It's like what are the implications? You let this guy get away with this, what's he gonna do? What mm-hmm. things? You were so what? concerned with what you could do, you didn't think stop to think if you should. <laughs> what well, if she just got up and was like, "I do so. I want you so bad right now." <laughs> Let's oh, do it right now on this table. He, he, he used the S word. He said slavery. 
Man, what a monologue. Hey, look at him. He's secretly proud. Did you see that little tiny... Oh, smoke? yeah. Oh, Captain, Ry- my Riker's, Captain. Riker's mentally fist-pumping. Like, yeah! <laughs> Saints? You mean religion exists in Starfleet? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> of course not. You're a ginger. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> that. Hurt. Yes. Just kidding. Yeah, I'd have no soul. <laughs> he has the freedom to choose. He has the freedom to choose. And look at this. Look at this. Look at this. he showed him some humanity he did he encouraged him now Data, call him an it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Did you see that? Did you see that pronoun? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. He's remarkable. Dang, this was a good episode. Good stuff. Now, kiss. Philippa. <laughs> <laughs> Philippa, how about you and I discover what it means to be human? Let us rediscover our humanity anatomically. That's true. He doesn't forget a damn thing. Literally photographic memory. Oh! Man. There it is. That might have been the best episode of Star Trek I've seen, period. I know that's not saying a lot because I've only seen the first. It's a great episode, my man. It is a great episode. Lives up to the hype. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, no. I don't want that. Go back. No. Okay. Okay. I'm going to cut it off. No. Not that episode. We're going to do a different episode. That's the name of the county I live in, Dauphin County. 
Really? Yes, this episode of Star Trek was named after a Pennsylvania county. <laughs> There's a dolphin island near me. Mm. Anyways, gents. I don't know where that came from. Thoughts on this episode? Jake, you first. Wow. I mean, like I said, it's definitely the best episode of Star Trek I've seen. It's It was so um, thought-provoking. It asked difficult questions and had people engaging in conversation like you'd want to hear if the topic was being discussed you heard both sides and ultimately they made the right choice i think you know they they there were characters who thought one thing at the beginning of the episode it came around at the end and i think that's what made this episode good is that they dissected a topic um down to its roots, you know, and picked it apart so that they could find out what exactly they were arguing for and whether it was actually right or not. And um, it was just a very well-written episode, and I I very much enjoyed it. Ben, what about you? Um, yeah, I am echo everything Jake said and more. Like, it was really, you know, it got into what really Star Trek, I think, is all about in, in, in the sense of exploring humanity. And as we were talking about earlier, like, you know, there's so many characters that do that. And, you know, earlier shows and whatever, it's through aliens or, or whatever, through through Vulcans. And then you have this, which is literally someone who was created, but is still, you know, is still trying to be human, is trying to fit in and, you know, in this in this case you know, wins his humanity, wins his right to be someone. Um, and that's very powerful. I think, you know, just the whole message of... I think it's interesting just the fact of that you have... I mean, this is this is for so many different stories, true for so many different stories, but, like, especially Star Trek in this fantastical world, we're getting the most human stories. Like, literally talking about, like, what makes someone human? What's... What's what's makes someone give someone sentience, um, which is fascinating. And that's episode like totally went deep into that, and I love you know the whole thing. Um, so yeah, this is uh, you know I, I'm vaguely familiar with with Next Generation, as I said, first time watching <laughs> a full episode, and uh, yeah, props to you, Zach, for picking this one because it was a darn good one to start off with. Well, and the next one that we're about to do is one that you selected, and I looked at it and go, huh, that's probably one of the first five I would have recommended. So, like, we've got a couple of good ones on tap this evening, and we're actually going to reverse the order when we do first impressions next episode. Ben, you'll be up first, and Jake, you'll follow him up so that nobody's echoing anybody every time. <laughs> oh, okay. So okay. we're going we're gonna to mix it up with you guys uh, after the next episode, but before we get to the second episode, we're going to go ahead and do an ad break right here. In between these two episodes, say hello to our good friends over at the Star Wars Underworld and uh, just take a little breather ourselves. We'll be back in just a second, continuing our Netflix watch party of Star Trek The Next Generation. Don't go anywhere. This is IPC.
Hey, IPC listeners, this is Joey Mays, intergalactic patron and promoter of my family business, Mays Sandwich Shop. We are proud to be supporting IPC and the endeavors of young, talented individuals like Zach, Ben, and Jake. Should you ever find yourself in the area of Reading, Pennsylvania, be sure to stop by Mays Sandwich Shop. Started by my grandfather in 1947, currently owned by my father and operated by my sister and me, May's Sandwich Shop has been serving delicious food to the greater Westlawn area for over 70 years. If you ever do visit, be sure to tell them IPC sent you. back continuing our netflix party watch through of star trek the next generation i'm zach here with my buddies ben and jake we just finished watching season two episode nine measure of a man and now we skip ahead a few seasons to season five episode 18 cause and effect it's one of the more meta episodes of tng and just one of the more fun ones in general gives you a good taste of all of the characteristics of all the characters like i don't think we even had deanna troy in that previous episode like she wasn't even in this last episode that we watched so uh we get to see a little bit of everybody in this and uh apparently this show is rated pg for sex and fear which is an interesting duality it's like hey mom can i watch star trek no it's got fear in it Hide your kids, hide your wife, there's sex and fear in this episode. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But before we do that, a quick thank you to the people that helped make this show possible. People like Joey Mays, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, Parker Ott, Carrie Fleming, and of course our buddy Jake, who still contributes to the program, both as a host and a patron. If you're interested in becoming a patron, you can do so at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast pod like podcast bean excuse me bean like green bean can can i you be been, like, you've been, you been hitting the green beans lately yeah uh, <laughs> the green beans the happy juice whatever else you want to call it um i'm just happy to be here tonight honestly i haven't had any alcohol uh in a while so i don't know what that was um but yeah become a patron at patron.podbean.com slash ipc podcast we've got all kinds of levels that go one through five and five being a top five sponsor of the program when we do our top five episodes you get top billing you get to have a say in what top five discussions we do and if you're available sometimes we bring you on for that top five discussion so there's some really cool stuff that gives you access to our peacekeeper core group on facebook it gives you an idea of what to expect in the coming schedule and so much more, including access to our entire IPC library over on ipcpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find episodes of the show on starwarsunderworld.com. As you just heard, they are official partners of the IPC podcast. And also go follow us on social media at IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram in order to keep up with all of your IPC-related social media needs. Oh, heck yeah. So... Um, next up, we've got the episode Cause 
and effect of Star Trek Next Generation Season 5, Episode 18. If you're listening at home in the future, you can go ahead and cue that up, get it ready to go. Just make sure you're starting at the front end of that, and you're looking at a black screen with all zeros. And, uh, yeah, so I believe I sent you guys the link. I put it in the Mixler chat for anyone that wants to join us. And uh, I think we're all set up. I'm ready to go. I I think we're good. It's it's time for, for some more high-quality Star Trek adventures. This one's going to be a little more science a little more hands-on, and it's going to be a little bit more faster-paced. So uh, let's, let's see if we can keep up and keep up the commentary at the same time. That should be interesting. A little mix of everything. Sure. So, uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, jump into that. Of course, when I say engage... We start playing. So, for those of you listening at home, we're going to be starting in 3, 2, 1, engage. And just like you said, action-packed. Here we go. Directed. Inertial dampers, yeah. This is This is... She's got a weird nose, so you know she's an alien. Oh, that that doesn't it doesn't fly like that. The way it shows everybody's jiggling around by jiggling the camera. <laughs> look at Picard bouncing around. <laughs> look, look at how he's so over. <laughs> oh. oh, oh no! Then it zooms out. Picard's like, and that is what. That was a really short episode. Yep, that's the credits. We're all done. Oops. That's, that's series finale. Everyone's dead. That's the that's the whole show, folks. That was Star Trek: The Next Generation. The end. Good story. Now it's time for the next next generation, where we learn that Picard has a secret nephew. That's actually his son. <laughs> or no, it's a clone. It's Picard. Hey. Picard. No, stop. Picard actually does have a clone, and it happens in the movies. Oh God! Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. And guess who he's played because by? This is his oh. younger his younger clone is played by Tom Hardy. I remember you talking about this. Oh, Tom yeah. Hardy is in this show. That's 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 great. Before he was Bane, he was Picard Junior. <laughs> Picard, John Luke Picard. No one's getting so, my if, the Empire references. Yeah, if he, if he, um, if he left Starfleet and turned to piracy, would he be Picard? Maybe, maybe. Picard. 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 They actually make that joke in an episode. They, they, there's a, there's an omniscient, omnipotent character by the name of Q who futzes with Picard on a semi-regular basis. And at one point, he addresses him as Gene Luck Pickard. <laughs> Just to piss him off. I do oh, like Q. I, well, uh, one of the episodes I saw is the pilot episode, and Q shows up in that. Yep. Okay, remember that star date. Typhoon expansion. See, this is them being explorers. And again, I did not I did not do this intentionally, but yeah, there's 
There's poker in both episodes. It's freaking Groundhog Day, <laughs> man. Kelsey Grammer's in this. Kelsey Grammer is in this. Tall salad and scrambled <laughs> oh. And there's Worf. Yeah, it's funny. I think I think uh, uh, Steven mentioned it earlier that uh, that uh, the person who plays Jane Away was in Cheers. Kelsey Grammer was in Cheers, and I think someone put together like a thing the other day of like all the Star Trek people that were in Cheers. Because there's a bunch. <laughs> It's a very low bet. We didn't see much wharf last time either. No, we're going to get more of him this time. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to be charismatic like a dealer. And he's still got the funky hat. Look who the director is. Did y'all see who the director was? Yeah, Jonathan Uh Riker himself. She called his bluff. Meanwhile, last last game in season two, everybody folded. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she wins big and then leaves all that money behind. That's not fair. (laughs) so LaForge is legit blind right Mm -hmm, yeah so LaForge is uh LaVar Burton's not that would would make reading Rainbow hella awkward No, I'm pretty sure LeVar Burton is blind and LeForge can see. Reading Braille. (laughs) Jake. (laughs) That's messed up. Jake. (laughs) Butterfly in the sky, I can't see with my eyes. What is it with you on this show and making inappropriate (laughs) jokes? What is it? I can't help myself. Mm. 
she's experiencing some deja vu, possibly. Hmm. I remember giving you a hypo spray that instantly fixes your dizziness just because I injected it directly into your neck. Oh, God, I just thought of a terrible joke that I really shouldn't say on the air. Say it, say it. Can't be anything worse than what Jake's already said. Oh, believe me. You know, she's she's pruning her plants, right? Uh-huh. I, mm-hmm. I, I just sat there thinking, I hope you trim your bush as well as you trim your bush. Wow. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> this, pod, I, this podcast is rated PG for sex and fear. I'm fearful of Zach's sex joke. <laughs> My bad, guys. Oh, My let's bad. just make this RIPC. <laughs> uh, no one's going to want to listen to this. <laughs> there are so many emails. <laughs> Maybe everyone's going to want to listen to this. <laughs> I got to say, people's cor- living quarters are very comfortable looking. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, like a floating city. Yeah. Like they they got enough room. It's not like a got a crew complement of like over a thousand or something. Wow. No, graviton polameter is a very bad idea, data. I don't even know what it is, but that's a bad idea. (laughs) Sounds sounds bad. What? I assure you, Doctor, I was not there. <laughs> I totally wasn't in the air duct saying. Whatever it was, it wasn't me, I promise. I uh, definitely wasn't anywhere near your room. <laughs> I was definitely not hiding in your closet. <laughs> I got the subtitles on, and he says something about a recheck. <laughs> And I thought it said redneck. I I thought that said redneck too. (laughs) I was like that. I know that probably didn't, but it looked just like it. There's rednecks on the ship. Unusual (laughs) reading. What could that unusual reading be? Report. Man, look at the way he stands on that chair. Oh, that's not a chair. Never mind. It's a panel of some kind. But he likes to put his foot there. Yep. <laughs> nice. You know how I like it. Nice and slow. Nice. Not too fast now. It's the smoke monster from Lost. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Of course not. 
That's a, Make it it's almost like they're caught in like a time loop. This sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm having deja vu. Uh-oh. Oh, I've seen a few Doctor Who episodes like this. When the ship starts spinning, you know it's about to get real. Oh, I've seen that, Jocelyn. Yeah, poor, uh... Oh! Uh, poor, Pat, poor Patrick Stewart. Somebody put a camera in his face and say, Act like it's shaking! Yeah. There's that star date. Oh, man, this is, they should have just called this episode Groundhog Day in Space. This reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of Discovery. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Discovery got it from, fool? Yeah, yeah, and they're caught in a time loop, and it's, uh, you got Mud on there, who mm-hmm. is freaking ta- fantastic. Played by Rain Wilson. Yeah. Phenomenal. Get that guy in Star Wars. He's been in all the other Star franchises. He needs to be in Star Wars. He was in the Meg, too. <laughs> he was great in the Meg, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're right. I think I liked him more in the Meg than I did in the office. Really? See? <laughs> really? Now, see, this is what's wrong with this. She's She knows what's going to happen. She's cheating. <laughs> She's caught in a time loop so she can cheat at poker. Oh, that's how she beats Riker, because she knows that he's bluffing. But are they all aware that they're in a time loop? Or, or, or are any of them aware? I Just watch the episode. She... Okay, I'm allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to ask him. I'm not allowed to answer him. Uh oh. Uh oh. Whoa. Uh, these are uncomfortable close-ups. Yeah. Something's going. I don't need to see every pore on your face. It's probably very self. It's very, very unnerving as an actor to have a camera. Steven says, "Like, oh yeah, we're gonna be right in front of your nose." Steven says, "What if we are in a time loop watching all these poker games?" <laughs> Steven, shut up. <laughs> Down to the bottom of the warp core. There's also a really good episode of the last season of Arrow that's a time loop episode. Yeah. Dude, basically all of Arrow is a giant. You're not wrong. One not one wrong. of my favorite movies, I don't know if you've seen it, it's called 12. It's that whole movie is just one big time loop. It's Bruce Willis, it's very interesting. Brad Pitt's in it. I know that I've examined you. I was very thorough. So not once in all the time that he's worn this eyepiece has he ever been dizzy. (laughs) Wow. Oh, there she is trimming her bush again. 
these damn things. She's she's looking at it going, I know. I know my bush is very well groomed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to keep making these jokes to make Ben uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, You're making me uncomfortable. And see, I can't edit this out as a commentary. I can't edit it out. <laughs> it's there. It's happening. It's history now. What are you embarrassed about? You're the one that's married. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love the closed captioning. Voices murmur instinctively. <laughs> How helpful so that must be for a deaf person. This is the fear part of it, guys. Be 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 careful. Could could catch you when you're not expecting. Oh yeah. I'm not sure when they're gonna bang, but this is the far fear part. <laughs> Oh, BCI. Oh, nice gray pajamas? Apparently so. Aunt Adele. Aunt Adele. Oh, my goodness. Rolling in the deep. Could she sing, Picard? <laughs> Nutmeg. Steven says the fear is this commentary itself. <laughs> You're welcome. Amen to that. You're welcome. Like that book in the glass case. It's like a relic of a time gone by. I think it's Shakespeare. That's cool. That's kind of a cool nod to his background in acting then because he's a theater actor. He did a lot of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He did a fellow one time where it was reversed. He had a, a completely he had a completely black cast around him and he was the lone white guy instead of reversed like Othello usually is. Wow, that's interesting. It was very progressive. I heard it got a lot of really good reviews. That's cool. So are they just friendly or are they a thing? I think they were interested for a time and now they're colleagues, but potentially with benefits. Hmm. Colleagues with benefits. I'm, I'm just trying to anticipate the sex part. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just looking. Ten other people. Uh-oh. Distortion of space-time. It's the fog. Mm, nice and slow. Time to start rocking back and forth, everybody. Who's ready to rock? I like how they're focusing on different people now. You see how the camera was panned mm. on pressure this time instead of somebody else? Right. Where's Frasier? I was promised Frasier. 
Zach silently. Watch the episode. Uh, I'm being quiet. <laughs> Make it so. Mm. Oh, you failed the test again. They keep doing the same thing. They keep doing the tractor beam thing, and it keeps bumping into the nacelle. Yeah, that's not going to work, is it? That's the third time we've seen oh. that ship explode. That was an even bigger explosion. Yeah. So they, they actually made it worse. Four five six five two point one. We're back again. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Is that Klingon for deja vu? Yeah, basically. Uh oh. Oh. Huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Am I wrong about this, but isn't Crusher psychic anyway? No, no, that's Troy. Oh. And she's not psychic, she's just uh, empathic. Gotcha. You <laughs> <laughs> freaking data out, man. The chances of you knowing this are 725 to 1. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's the something weird's going on. Uh -oh. <laughs> no. See, now we're using technical terms that I know nothing about. <laughs> I wonder, uh, I wonder if that thing was really annoying for LeVar Burton to wear. Like, could he actually see through it, I wonder? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was probably really invasive and bulky. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look very, like, see-through. 
So I'm wondering, like, because, like, famously, like, stormtroopers, like, they cannot see where they're going. Well, yeah, that was like, obvious when he bumped into the door in A New Hope. <laughs> well, that, was, that wasn't scripted. Mark Hamill said, I can't see a thing in this helmet. They just left in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's legit. And I can imagine, like, LeVar Burton just, like, there's probably outtakes of him just, like, tripping over stuff and running into walls. Oh, is she going to trim her bush again? <laughs> can we not go back to this scene again, please? <laughs> can she figure this out? we got to escape this. I'm having deja vu myself. How cool would it be to just have a window into space, like, from your bedroom? But look at this. She's questioning every move she makes. She's questioning the bush. She's questioning the drink. She's questioning whether to go to bed or not. Like, mm. this is this is what this is the anxiety of a causality loop. You question every decision you make and wonder if you've questioned that decision before, and that's what led to the loop in the first place. Mm-hmm. Got to break the chain, break the cycle. You will never break the chain. J-A. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just the ship ghost. No need to worry. Oh, we forgot to tell you someone was murdered in your room 20 years ago. <laughs> that? And they still haunt That's very interesting, considering the ship isn't even that old. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just makes it weirder. They're in your head. You're going crazy. Well, but they said they're actual voices. They just don't know where it originated. Hmm. I think someone's trying to tell us something. Like, literally. Well, but Data's processor is able to distinguish things better. So he's just listening to it on loop. Uh, remember what I said the crew compliment was? Mm. Mm-hmm. Crew compliment of a thousand? A thousand overlapping voices. Coincidence? <laughs> Okay, why does she get to wear a spandex jumpsuit? (laughs) Because boobies. Yeah. Yep. Come on, Riker deserves to do that too. Right? (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting graphic. Now, did they... Is that a like a blue screen element, or did they like? Is that like practical, like a TV in the? Room? I'm not sure. I can't tell. That looks like a screen to me. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Cause they, I mean, obviously at this point they had the the graphics to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But 
like compositing and everything would be a pain. Yeah. Do you remember the part where the ship blew up like five times already? <laughs> that was the sex part. Yep, that's that that's the sex part of a TV PG show. <laughs> Beer and sex. Whoa, can you imagine? How disturbing must that be? To hear your own voice calling for abandoned ship. From the future. Or the past. Or the past, depending on how you look at it. And just the fact that, like, abandoned ship is something you would never hear. Yeah. Oh, you would, you would like, never want to hear that. Like, that's the last thing no. you as a captain would ever want to have to say. Yeah. See, now they're questioning their decisions. make like a tutorial video to send over so you find hey. yourself stuck in a causality loop oh like captain america swinging, yeah <laughs> swinging his leg over a chair only you do that with Riker swinging his leg over a chair <laughs> yes <laughs> the heck is a Decion? Oh, that's Star Trek go gobbledygook. That's a good Star Trek word. So now they just have to wait. looks painful yeah we've never done this before particle accelerator so if it doesn't work you could turn into the flash exactly there you go data becomes the fastest man alive <laughs> but is he a man that's what we learned in the last episode He's a machine, yes, the, but he's not the, the um, fastest. The fastest it alive. <laughs> oh, he almost, almost! He almost did it. You see that? He was gonna, he was gonna swing over and get in his chair, and he cut him off. They 
this is this has to be terrifying. No, like knowing that okay, we're gonna die, yeah. <laughs> or like we're we, legit gonna we, die. We could die. And I'm not gonna remember it. Right. Ooh, talking to yourself—that's crazy. No data, no! <laughs> Not the tractor beam! How is it the shields are offline, but the tractor beam is online? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I have to say, the thing in the nacelle and all these explosions, pretty good effects. Mm, pretty good effects for, for you know... For the 80s? 80, you know, 80s TV show. Imagine being one of those five couples engaged in romantic encounters and you literally blow up the ship from your sex. <laughs> Instead oh. of breaking the bed, you're breaking the ship. Oh, baby, I'm about to explode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. Oh. That was a very Star Wars-like explosion, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Cool name. I feel like I've said this before. Bill Murray just walks in the door. Haven't we been done this before? <laughs> carrying carrying punks at Tony Phil. <laughs> Look, I'll explain later. Interesting. Hmm. Three of a kind. Speaking of dates. And when this episode actually aired, this episode originally aired March 23rd, 1992. Oh, wow. I was almost born at that point, but not quite. I was not born at this point. I had three years to go. You mean your parents did? <laughs> yes. Something like that. Inner ear infection, called it. Right. <laughs> How did you know that was going to happen? No. Jordy, you have COVID-19. <laughs> oh, gosh. That would be a scary thought. Corona in space. You know, in Voyager, they actually have something called a macro virus, where mm. it it um, 
mutates and evolves into this thing that's like three foot tall and terrorizes the decks of the ship. Mm. Wow. <laughs> what? It just it just floats around from deck to deck, from hallway to hallway, just terrorizing people with its lymph nodes. <laughs> wow. It's not the most impressive episode of Voyager. Mm. <laughs> this is like totally just normal like eye stuff mm-hmm. you see in optometry. Mm-hmm. But okay. except it's for guys with uh yeah visors <laughs> that give them sight. Oh yes. That's my look at that sexy that's man. Captain. Look at look he he's posing. Uh 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 that's my captain. But he's read these pages Pinto. before, hasn't he? Paint me like one of your French guys. <laughs> He's going through these. He pictures. actually is French. He recognizes them. Yeah. I feel as if I've read this book before. <laughs> Why do I know the ending? I just bought this book. They're getting wise, but they're not there yet. I love that jacket. Oh, my God. That is pretty cool. I love that velvet jacket. He's wearing, like, a pajama sweater, and he just pops on that jacket, and all of a sudden he's in captain mode. But at midnight. There you go. It's like, (laughs) what if if, uh, John Luke Picard was Star-Lord? Subspace scanners active. This is my second favorite engine room behind Voyagers. It's really good. Whoa. I just love the they just put a giant look tube at, in look it. Look at all the threes. All of the threes keep showing up. Yeah, what's with the threes? You'll find out. But Data's picking up on it too. He's like, uh, I've had the number three show up a few times today. But Kelsey Grammer's name is like threes or something. I'm obsessed with threes. Three's a magic number. Didn't you guys watch Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah, I learned about what a bill was. Up on like Capitol Clint? Hill. And we hear it again. Temporal distortion. Gotta if you're dealing with time travel, you gotta gotta put a temporal in there somewhere. Temporal causality. Sort of a big ball full of wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. That's what got you killed, Pickard. <laughs> Gene Luck Pickard.
why not 3,333? Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Someone by the name of Kelsey Grammer. You're really fixated on seeing Kelsey Grammer in Star Trek. I love Kelsey Grammer. I am too. I'm disappointed. I haven't seen him yet. I just want him to show up and be like, I'm listening. Did you hear they're thinking of rebooting Frasier? I would be 100% okay with that. I don't know Frasier in space. I don't know how they do that with John Mahoney passed away, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I guess in the show he would be dead, too. Yeah, just have him pick up a picture of his dad holding holding the dog. Or 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 would you or would you have Frazier now being in the the father? That role would be interesting. And have like have Freddie take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> does does Frazier have kids? He's got he's got a son, Freddie. Yeah. Okay. Then then Freddie's the star of the new show. My, but they're in space. They're on a spaceship. My thought. It's in the future. My thought would be bring in the dad's old friend, Duke, and have him be the crotchety old man that they're taking care of now. There you go. Just just get Patrick Stewart. <laughs> just get old Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Mahoney was the funniest. You gotta hand it to them that they can only do so much with you know sound effects and the sets of like that and the use of light. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know they had this bright lights. It's all lit up and then oh something's got to go down. All the lights went off and it turned blue or turned red. The chat says they should make Frasier a supernatural psychological thriller where he goes into people's minds. Okay, look at this, <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Data, make a call. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wait. Whoa. Loud whooshing. (laughs) Dang, son. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was all your fault. That is interesting. Yeah, the star date's about to update. Oh, no. I'm very curious about this. Interesting. 17 days. So does that mean it's happened 17 times? Basically. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they've started noticing it, like, the the first three or four times, but, like, how long was it happening before that they didn't notice? So you Apparently class. 17 times. How much you want to bet the USS Bozeman is captained by Kelsey Grammer? Hey, 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 hey. There he is. 
That's really cool. Look at how look at how suave he is, just sitting in that chair. He's all, all postured. Man, I love him. Y'all got any tossed salad and scrambled <laughs> eggs over on that ship? I would like to have dinner with the captain. Three weeks. Captain. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's interesting. I love how calming he is about that, though. Yeah. Wow. So, Kelsey Grammer shows up in other parts of Star Trek, too, right? I think so, but I can't remember. They may may have cast him in, like, Voyager as an alien or something, but I can't recall. Interesting. I specifically said I wanted to watch the credits Netflix, and you go to the next episode. (laughs) How dare you? Uh Uh-oh. So, does the next episode pick up where that one left off? No. Interesting. That, that's that's the thing about the next generation is it's not a serial storyline. You do have character progression over the course of the series. Like people do evolve and change into like newer and better versions of themselves over the course of the seasons. But it's not like as soon as one adventure ends, another one picks up immediately after it. The only time that happens is when you've got like a two parter in a season finale or something like that. Oh, like, I see. Everything, like I said at the, at the top of the program, everything about TNG is full circle storytelling. So it's all compartmentalized episode by episode. It's the same cast, the same ship. But for the most part, each episode and each adventure is compartmentalized into that 45 minutes where things start off normal. They get weird. And then the weird gets fixed by the time you roll credits and you move on to the next adventure. Interesting. So does... Frazier show up again at all? Or is this his I, only I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't remember. I it's it's been a while since I've watched like the show all the way in its entirety. But considering his ship is eighty years out of place, I feel like they're gonna end up in some kind of Starfleet psychiatric ward and be rendered completely useless for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that would be that would be uh Imagine trouble. imagine thinking you left your your base of operations three weeks ago and then you enter a temporal distortion you think you're still only three weeks away from it and you end up encountering another ship that's unfamiliar to you and you find out that it's actually 80 years later that's crazy like it's it's 2020 right now imagine like like driving to walmart and by the time you get to Walmart, it's 2100. Frazier was on the way to Walmart to get tossed salad and scrambled eggs, and he transported 80 Basically. years in the future. Basically. Actually, considering the times we're in right now, I wouldn't mind jumping 80 years into the future. Okay, so uh, fun fact, Frazier started the same year that this episode aired. He must have had to cut the beard before recording because he's clean-shaven in the show. 
And it doesn't look like he uh, showed up in Star Trek at all after that. I could be wrong, but... Well, I mean, he was kind of busy with his own TV show after this. Oh, yeah. So, okay. On to impressions of this episode. Jake, you let off last episode, so Ben, you get first thoughts on this one. Um... I was the one who picked this episode, and I think I picked correctly. This one was really awesome. Um, I, I, you know, you guys know I'm I'm a big proponent, big fan of time travel and just timey wimey shenanigans, and uh, I love the whole thing. So, uh, getting this episode, getting some, you know, random stuff, and, and you know, as I said, you know, the whole time loop episode from Discovery kind of kind of uh, inspired me. So I thought, well. It's a perfect place to start with uh, TNG, and I was not disappointed. Um, not enough, not enough Fraser Crane, but you know I'll, I'll let him slide. There was a lot of other good stuff in there, so uh, I'll let that go. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool, and you know the different uh, elements, and it's always interesting to see like how they approach you know time loops and stuff like that, and uh, you know how they solved it was really cool. So uh, and and it also interesting to contrast it. With the other episode, and I think it was you—you you made the right call earlier because we cause we were going to start with this episode at first, and you said no, 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 let's go with the first episode because it's takes place season two. This is season yeah. five. Um, it was nice to kind of see season two, kind of you know that's pretty early in the series, and then go up to season five, and you know hairstyles change, and you know people change, and whatever different characters, whatever interesting to see the progression, um, especially since I'm so unfamiliar with this show that you know. I don't know everything, and it's uh, really cool. Jake, what about you, man? Yeah, I mean, like Ben, I'm a big fan of time travel stories and things that deal with, like, unnatural bending of the laws of time. And uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines and interesting scenarios that you can pull from that. And um, this episode really delves into that, like, what what would happen or what could happen if, if you were found in a situation like this. And, you know, I've seen my enough doctor who episodes to know what, uh, what can be done with something like that. And even so this was a, a unique take on the idea of a causality loop. And, um, you know, there've been takes on that type of story where nothing changes and you're just stuck in a causality loop forever and ever and ever. Uh, but in this one, they decided to go a different route and make it so that they kind of, uh, learn a little bit each time that they go through and, and, um, make slightly different decisions and different things happen each time. And, uh, <clears throat> it of course leads to them, uh, being saved in the end, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I love stories like this and it's really cool that in Star Trek you can get episodes that are, um, you know, about like, like data is he, is there humanity there is, you know, they deal with questions like that. And then episodes like this where we're dealing with, um, with, uh, being stuck in a causality loop and both episodes while dealing with different subjects really do a good job at tackling it from the perspective of a group of people that need to come together and figure it out, you know, and act like a, a team and a family and figure out 
what the best course of action is and everybody has different viewpoints and that's fine and that's kind of the point in a way um and i i just really like seeing that being played out so yeah i really like this episode i i enjoyed both of these and it gives me a reason to go back and watch the show all the way through again i've been trying to find stuff that i consider binge worthy and i haven't binged tng in a while and you know having these episodes kind of compartmentalized like that allows you to jump around sometimes where you know you can watch something from season two and it makes sense and then you watch something from season five and guess what it still makes sense like Mm. if if i tried to take you guys from season two to season five of deep space nine you'd be like what the heck is going on so it, it, it's it's kind of an interesting element to have that because, you know, as you can obviously tell, the graphics weren't as good in season two and some of the props and, and sets and stuff were a little different than what you might have seen in season five. But by the time season five rolls around, you've got the graphics to make the ship explode five or six times in the episode, you know. They didn't have that kind of stuff at their disposal in season two. And so they focused more on the communication aspect rather than the visual aspect and so we ended up seeing one of the best written episodes from the early part of the series and then got to see one of the more i guess quote-unquote scientifically accurate and one of the more action-packed episodes giving you you know death and fear and explosion and sex and whatever else (laughs) (laughs) in this episode which which gives us a, a really good like duplicity in seeing the greatness that is the next generation. So I'm, I'm glad that we had the the opportunity to do this. And the only thing we got left to do then is give our uh, planet scores for this. I know that it's, it's a very limited sampling, but based on what you saw, how would you rate these couple of episodes of TNG? I would rate them solid eight out of 10. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Jake, how about you? Yeah, I would. I would. I was gonna say something similar. I would say I'm just gonna one up Ben here and go eight point five out of ten because they. It's just really good television. It's really engaging uh, and it's really um, thought provoking. It's not. It's not mindless. You know, there's purpose to the dialogue. There's purpose to the story. And I feel like I can watch this and and come out at the other end feeling like I had have learned something. And I think that's valuable. And um, and obvious it's obvious to me that there's so much talent behind this show. There's just like obviously the acting is great. I, I love seeing these people on the screen. And the the writing, I think, is is impeccable. So, yeah, I, I I mean, it's not without its flaws here and there, obviously, but it's just really excellent. Really solid. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the entire show before. And so there, there are still some really great episodes in there that I would encourage you guys to watch on your own time, in, including people at home. I think the season two finale, I think it's season two, episode 16, Q Who?, um that is a is a two-parter that goes into season three that may be one of the best cliffhangers in all of television history in my opinion and um there there are some elements that involve the klingons there are some storylines that involve the romulans there are some storylines that are are 
interpersonal, looking at the, the relational aspect of the different characters and, and how they go together and how they might not go together. Um, you, you really get to delve deeper into the Star Trek universe and into these people and their characters based on some of these other episodes, like the one where Data has a daughter. It's a groundbreaking for talking about the, the parenting and creation of life and, you know, very similar to the, the discussion of Data's sentience like we got with that previous episode. So, I mean, there are some really, really great, great episodes of TNG that I would recommend watching. And the, like I said, the cool part is you have the opportunity to just watch those couple of episodes independently and then go watch something else. You could binge it all the way through if you wanted to. But the beauty of TNG is you don't have to. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Now, since we just watched two episodes, Great. we're not going to be doing a quote of the night because basically those two episodes were the quote of the night. If you were watching a long, too long, two very very night. long quotes of the night, it's like an hour and a half long quote of the night, basically. <laughs> so we're not going to be pulling another clip for you because if you've been watching along like you're supposed to you know all of the stuff that they've been saying and what we were supposed to have heard. So no sense in repeating all of that, which means we only have one other item of business before we call it a night. Anybody know what that might be? I don't well, know. It's I don't only know. a segment that we have done every week <laughs> in the entire existence of the program. So I really don't think it needs all that much introduction, but I'm going to drag it up just a, a little bit more uh, or drag it out rather so that we have time for people to start putting the hashtag in the chat. By the way, Steven Schinder gave it a nine out of 10. Uh, mm. He says uh, not enough Frasier, which I would, Amen. I would agree to that. Yeah. Um, I give it probably like an eight, but knowing the whole series, I think the whole series is like an 8.5. Um, anyways, back to what we were talking about the last segment of the evening. And like I said, it's one that we've done over and over again. And it's time to do that one more time. So if you're listening live, put it in the chat. If you're listening on a recorded streaming platform, then put it on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and everything else that carries a hashtag because it's time for another rousing edition of Hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 And there you go. All right, so this one's pretty straightforward considering we just watched a show that's set 200-something years in the future. What do you guys think barbecue of the future is going to look like? I think barbecue won't even exist. Okay, well, Jake, you're not invited to the rest of this show ever again. <laughs> you you do not belong. Sacrilege. You do not belong to the IPC Brotherhood anymore. Turn in your apron. <laughs> I think it's going to be looked at as a lesser form of eating, and uh, it'll be looked at in the history books and no more. 
So so you definitely don't have the the you know the the high time uh the positive outlook on the future that <laughs> Sorry. This is why Roddenberry got to create a television show and you didn't. <sighs> Sorry. That was that was a little harsh. It's, that was a knife to the heart. It was true though. It was true. <laughs> uh, you know what? Fine. Barbecue will exist. I take it all back. They've got Arponics bays yeah. where they're growing organic fruits and vegetables. Um, but a lot of the protein resourced stuff seems to come from replicators, which is just synthesized and texturized protein packets made to look, smell, and taste like certain foods. Mm. So if it's going to continue, I feel like it'll probably just be in a replicated form. But I have a feeling that if we're going along the Star Trek mantras, that the replicators should have like a barbecue subsection in their database so that you can have, you know, brisket and chicken and pulled pork sandwiches and things like that. Like just like how when you go to the holodeck and you recreate a scenario, you should be able to use your replicator to mimic certain food styles. So, you know, if you want to have Korean food one night, you can just have like the the Korean food subsection of the replicator. If you if you're interested in Mexican food, you know, there there'll be a whole subsection for tacos and enchiladas and whatever else. And if you're interested in trying what Texans and Mississippians and people from Kansas City eat on a regular basis, then you've got a barbecue subsection. Here's my deal. I think and I believe that the future, once we get off this planet, once we get our warp capable in Star Trek terms, um, the first thing humans are going to do is go to another planet that's inhabited, find an animal that we haven't barbecued yet, kill it, cook it, and put barbecue sauce on it, and then experiment. That That's going to be the number one thing that humans are going to be focused on once we leave this planet. That, that's, 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 that's the future. Or if they had a barbecue bush. They developed a bush that grew... Just like the spice that is all, it's basically a leaf that you can grind up that is made up of all the spices that are in barbecue. I really didn't know where you were going with that, considering all the bush jokes that we <laughs> during the show. I was like, please don't actually go that direction. Please, please, please. I mean, you already went there, man. I did, and that's my own fault. Yeah, um, you did. You did. If you if we're gonna get philosophical, I'm going to uh, disagree with that assessment. Unfortunately, Ben, it's very rare that you and I disagree okay. on on certain things. But um, in in this case, I feel like people aren't going to be thinking so much with their stomach as they are with their genitals. <laughs> oh God, you God. I'm just. I'm just uh, saying, man thinks with what's below the belt, not above it. It went from barbecue to bestiality. They're going to find the, the, they're going to find an inhabited planet that has the closest thing they can possibly find to humanoids, and they're going to rule thirty for it. Oh uh, boy, oh Jake, boy, tell me. Boy. 
Yeah, yep. you're not wrong. Yep. You're not oh. wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. <sighs> it's unfortunate, but I I feel like that is the direction mankind is headed. It's uh, I kind of I kind of want to uh, Photoshop a chef's hat on Q from Star Trek and just call him Barbecue. Oh, that's so that's, bad. That's the best thing I've ever thought of in my entire life. I agree with that. The, you mean the 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 second best thing you ever thought of was to get married? Okay, I need to rethink this. <laughs> Did not think this through. <laughs> So glad my wife didn't hear that. Tell me, Jake, does your wife listen to the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, Sharon, Sharon's another one. What? What did he say? Oh, good times. Good times here on the IPC podcast. Uh, I think we've all peaked, Stephen. He says, Jake has peaked. (laughs) I think we're all kind of peaking here, which is... We are officially past uh, our peak. Past our peak and on a gradual downhill slope. So while we're coasting to the finish line, a reminder to go find us on social media at IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find previous episodes on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and StarWarsUnderworld.com. But the best place to find the entire library of all of our episodes is IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. And be sure to go find us on uh, social media platforms for our personal pages as well. You can find me at Zach the Voice on Facebook and Twitter and Zach dot the voice on Instagram because some dingbat took Zach the Voice and then hardly ever uses the account and I can't do that. So Zach dot the voice. I still have the Zach underscore DFW account, but it doesn't get used as frequently anymore. So those are the places to keep up with me. Zach the Voice on Facebook, Twitter, and Zach.TheVoice on Instagram. I'm going to keep using that dot and emphasizing that dot because I've got a dot in my username, Zach.TheVoice. Ben, tell the folks at home where to find you before I blow a gasket. Uh, They can find me at Ben Hart with no E on social media. Facebook, Twitter, I don't think Google+. Last I checked, I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, no dots, no anything. It's all it's not all ben one word. Dot ben Hart, Hart with, with no e. e. I want no, not yeah. I might, I might I wanna, add I a dot. Go, maybe just yeah, it'll be like it. Ben Hart with no dot in your username. I want. I kind of want to go take the Google Hangouts username Ben Hart with no e, just so you can't have it. Oh God, you're you're you you've you've seriously crossed the line here. You're just you're you're mm-hmm. evil now. Yeah. Um, you can also find me on uh, pretty much everything I do over at StarWarsInTheWorld.com. I'm also working at Culture Slate, at Culture Slate on social media. Definitely check Culture them out. Culture.Slate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't tell Chris. Um, um, also, uh, sign my petition, please, and thank you. Let's get it to a million. It's, let's, let's, it'll it's actually at, it's happen. It's at 1,300, so we're only... 998,617 away from that. That's 1,300 in a week. In that is a true. week. Imagine where we'll be in five years. <laughs> By then, people will probably have forgotten about the Siege of Mandalore. I don't know. Uh. No, they'll never, they'll never, Change forget, that. never forget. Maybe we'll, maybe, maybe by that time we will have 
be able to go to theaters. <laughs> Maybe. Change.org slash Siege of Mandalore. That's where you can find the petition. Jake, where can the folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jake W. Damon. I've been working on a Mysterio cosplay, if you're into that type of thing, and I post update uh-huh. pictures on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Damon. Um, and also, I wanted to mention real quick, because I think this is of note, uh, on this day in 1940, which is exactly 80 years ago, uh, A. Al Pacino was born, but I care less about that than I care about this. It was the first appearance of the Joker um, in Batman number one. Hmm. And wow. uh, I think that's very interesting. It was also the first appearance of Catwoman, uh, but it was not the first appearance of Batman. That was in 1939, a year earlier. But I thought that was very interesting. So, you know, what there you, else, have it. you know what else today marks? And I almost forgot. And I'm glad that I didn't. Um, today, this exact day, April 24th also commemorates the first appearance of my little brother oh wow today was his birthday and he listens to the show regularly and i almost forgot to give him a shout out but happy birthday had joel happy 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 birthday to you bud thanks for listening to the show so much i know that you've had some ideas for what we will do in future episodes and even though tonight was a star trek episode I feel like some of your ideas will end up getting talked about at some point in the show. Just stay patient and keep listening to the podcast, dude. But happy birthday to you. And uh, we've got some other birthdays that are happening kind of between now and then um, in our next episode. Two days from now or tomorrow, depending on which coast you live on. Um, the 26th is the birthday of one Mr. Ben Hart. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank uh, you very much. Yes. You've uh, made it another come. trip around the sun, dude. Congratulations. Yep. Yep. I don't uh I, I'm I'm uh yeah. It's uh I'm getting old. I, I literally don't even remember how old I am right now. So uh and I'm not gonna look it up, so uh <laughs> there you go. And uh one other minor note thing. Uh Monday is also my mama's birthday. I love you, mama. So Hope you. Nice. Oh, there's a lot of April birthdays. A lot of in yeah. my family. I don't know. I don't there's know what years. it is about parents getting busy in July, but it leads to a lot of April birthdays. Well, there's a there's a lot of kids been been conceived <laughs> since this whole uh, quarantine yeah. thing went on. So in about a few months, we're gonna you're gonna how see many how many kids are gonna be named COVID when they when oh they get... my gosh I hope zero please. For the love of hey, all when, things. When, when Game of Thrones was popular, people were naming their kid Khaleesi, and then like five, six years later, Daenerys' character goes off the deep end, and they're like, oh god, we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, at least, I mean, at least they named it after a character that was good at some point, that they had an affinity for. Don't name your kid after imagine a virus. It, imagine it being that. 1920 or ni- 1918. I think it was 1918. Imagine it being 1918 and you name your kid Influenza. <laughs> Spanish Flu Smith. Oh, God. Yeah, we're peaking with our conversation topics right now. But happy birthday. No, we're, we're past the peak. Happy birthday, Joel. Peak. Happy birthday coming up soon to Ben and my mom. 
And happy birthday to anybody else who had an April birthday. We're nearing the end of April now, but hope everybody had a had a as well a month as you could possibly have. You won't be hearing from us again until next month. And by then, there will have been a very special limited edition charity episode of Parks and Recreation. Yeah. I know I keep dragging this out, but I'm super excited about the new Parks and Rec episode coming on April the 30th on NBC. I'm going to be watching that crap live. Guarantee it. And who knows? Maybe I'll talk about it a little bit on next week's episode. <laughs> Just because I can. But, guys, unless you've got anything else that's like a little one-hit wonder that we need to talk about before we close things up, I think we can call it a night. I think this was a hack of a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Loved uh, watching some Star Trek for the first time. I'm, re- I'm really, uh, you know, I'm getting into Trek more so recently. Like I said, Discovery... I'm really starting to take a liking to I'm in the, to halfway through second season, um, and it's taking me long enough that they've started to charge me yeah. for my CBS All Access because I had a I had a free trial and then I wasn't watching it fast enough. So uh, yeah, that happened. But I've had Clone Oops. Wars to watch too, so you know, kind of have to split my time. But uh, yeah, so getting some older Trek has been really nice, and uh, yeah, hope we can do more of these watch parties in the future. Get get us all together. But separately. Uh, I'm going to stop. Jake, thanks for <laughs> being on the show, man. Looking forward, looking forward to next time. Same here, man. I'm really getting into Star Trek 2, and I'm, I'm going to be a full-blown Trekkie before you know it. Go watch Deep Space Nine, people. It's one of the best TV shows ever created, but that's just my humble opinion. <laughs> and that's going to be the last hot take that we dish out on this episode of the IPC podcast. I'm calling it episode 281 is now officially in the books. For Jake Damon and Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you'll tune in next time. But until that time comes around, we just want to leave you with this final thought. Sometimes even the smallest doubt can shake the greatest belief. And we believe we'll see you next week right here on IPC. But until then, good night, everyone. That was horrible. Oh, I thought you were playing the real thing. (laughs) Jacob.